Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I've got one of my good friends and one of the Hog Football Chat OGs, uh, Nick Caduti. Coach Caduti is a uh, currently the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at Tomball High School in Texas. Uh, before that, he coached at Beaumont High School. Uh, before that, actually, he was a head coach at Marshfield High School in Missouri. That's actually where, uh, where him and I first started uh, communicating. Uh, coach Coach Caduti has spent a couple times, uh, a couple years as a GA in, in the college game. Started out coaching at Glendale High School in Springfield, Missouri, and before that was a uh, professional football player. So uh, I'm super excited to have Coach Caduti with me. Coach, how are you doing this morning? What's going on, Tony? Man, I'm just living the dream, dude. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, uh, you know, first question I got to ask, and again, it's a softball question. It's going to get the answer I want to hear, but uh, I still got to ask it to everybody. You've been a part of some really successful football teams. Um, how important was the offensive line to the success of those teams? You know, I, I was actually having a conversation with a guy named Bruce Taylor, who is uh, the O-line coach at Oxford High School, Mississippi, with uh, David Cutcliffe's son, Chris. And he's the O-line coach there. And he, had, he has, like, the man's probably 70 years old, and he has been coaching for years and just started coaching O-line about four years ago. Yeah. And he said, Coacher, I'll tell you what, if I could ever – go back and do it again. I would do nothing but the (laughs) O-line. And he said, they are just a special, special group of men, you know, and he's right. And I, you know, I started laughing. I said, you know, being a part of an offensive line is truly the heartbeat of a football team. You know, even looking at LSU this year, like even the great line, even the great teams have great O-lines, you know, and, Every team that's been successful that I've been a part of, the offensive line is the heartbeat and the soul, man. Yeah. You know, and, you know we break it. We've always broken down, you know, as an offensive line group. As as you know, as we go, they go. You know, it don't matter what skill guys look like. If right. we don't look good, they don't look good. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, you get you get those teams every now and again. You very rarely, but it'll happen where maybe you have a really great team that's got an average to below average offensive line, but it's. It's not often, and it's not, it's not the exception, or it's not the rule. You know, it's the no, exception. absolutely not, man. No. Yeah. But um, all right, well, you know, that's kind of like I said. I knew the answer we were going to get, but I still like to hear everyone's <laughs> different answers. So, absolutely. Um, you know, a couple, couple quick questions I got for you. The first thing is, talk to me a little bit about your time playing indoor football because, um, 
if anybody Googles your name or searches your name on, on YouTube, first of all, they'll find the, the YouTube channel you've got, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but yeah. they'll also find a clip of you catching a touchdown pass for, was it the, the, the Quad City Steam Wheelers? You're darn right it was, brother. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about that time in your life and, and kind of how that experience was. You know, so I, you know, I played professional football for about four years after college, and, and I was the epitome of the guy chasing the dream. You know, um, you know, I think, you know, you know, PJ Flex says I'm the king of the, I'm the king of the twos, too short, too small, too <laughs> stupid. You know, and I really I was I was too short, too small, you know. And, you know, I was a guy that, you know, got to the combine and just wasn't that I was never big enough. I was six, one and seven eighths. God forbid they give me an eighth of an inch. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and, you know, I was three hundred and I think 13 pounds there, you know, but I'm you know. For me, playing arena ball, I would I kept I kept bouncing around, and I would always go to NFL camps and come back. But I found my home playing arena in the AFL, and um, believe it or not, that last year I ha I had my eyes set on retiring. Um, I had actually just been cut by Green Bay at the time, and I was like, you know what, man, I'm just I'm I'm done. And my buddy JJ Ratterink was actually the quarterback. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he was. He was actually the quarterback in the L.A. Kiss Arena show on AMC, if you ever saw it. I remember that show, yeah. Yeah, he was the quarterback, and he and I are good friends, and, and he's the quarterback coach at Christian at Valor Christian Denver, outside Denver. And he said, man, he, he, he convinced me to come play, and they moved me to fullback. Bro, I'm an O-lineman. I mean, I'm O-line true and through. Like, I run like an O-lineman. Like, I've <laughs> lost 100 pounds, and I still run like an O-lineman. I know the feeling, so don't uh, – yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I'll never forget that game, man. We're playing uh, We're playing a team out of Milwaukee, and I'll never forget. They sent me on a route, and there was no reason for me to get open. And I got open, and he overthrew me, and that, ball, you know, that thing hit me in the hands, and it was – you know, it was a great moment. Now, I tore my ACL the next week. But, oh, nice. You know, but, uh, you know, but the reality of it was, man, I had a great time. Met a bunch of great friends. Learned yeah. a lot about myself, man. You know, learned that professional football, you know, bouncing in and out of NFL camps, CFL camps. I'm the only guy that was in Edmonton for about 48 hours. Nice. <laughs> and, and, you know, you just learn a lot about yourself, dude. And arena football was truly about the fans, and I, I appreciated that. I mean, I still – I still talk to fans like in New Orleans and in Shreveport. And, you know, I still talk to some of those fans that had like box seats behind us that, you know, after you get done playing again, after you get done playing a series, they're like, oh, if you score, I'll buy you a beer, Kaduti. I'm like, all right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. It's, I mean, I've been to a few games here and there. I've never been to, actually, I take that back. I did go. I went to, when I was a freshman at Augustana, I was at the first ever Quad City Steam Wheelers game. Were you really? I was. And I think they won some, they were like ridiculous. They won like 84 to two or something stupid like that and just destroyed the other team. But um, it's, it's a fun, I mean, it, unfortunately right now, a lot of the, you know, the, the players growing up don't get to see kind of those arena football games that used to be on Sundays in the spring, but. Oh, dude, a, we were on ESPN, man. Yeah. It was a fun, fun game when it was in its heyday. That was a fun game to watch. You know, I'll tell you this, man. And I, you know, I'm, you know, during this, you know, I'm, this is, you know, during this quarantine time, um, you know, I'll be honest, dude. Like, I came through and started cleaning the house and purging stuff, and I ran into the Arena Football Road to Glory game on PlayStation Two. And I, I had, had that game. I had that game. <laughs> I am on that game, bro. And like, that is like my. Are you really? Oh yeah, yeah, bro. I'm like an 88 overall. You better get your mind right. <laughs> 
And um, I, I'm going to put it up on the screen. I have a projector in my office and I put up a projector and I look at my daughter and I was like, Hey baby girl, your dad's a, your dad's a rock star. And she looks at it and she goes, that's old. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's true though. It is. I, I remember like, that game. I was like, dang. But yeah, that was like, I mean, that's like my, that's my one thing. I'm going to show my grandkids one day. Yeah. Your, your granddad wasn't in a video game. Right. You, know, all, you don't even know any of the stories. Just that one. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of, you talked about this real quick. And again, this is a little outside of the box question, but you, you talked about your, your, your weight loss. You lost a hundred pounds. You are probably one of the only, if not the only offensive line coach in America um, who has competed as a fitness uh, competitor as well. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that journey. Um, you know, getting, losing the weight and, 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 and getting on stage and, and, and uh, competing. So I'll tell you how it all started, man. And this is like, you know, every, you know, every fat guy's dream is to be skinny at one point, you know, and <laughs> not to be skinny. We just want abs. We just, yeah, want, I just want to see my back. abs, bro. That's all I ever wanted. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'll never forget it. I, you know, when I had tore my ACL and I blew, I had, you know, blown myself up, dude, it was, uh, you know, I, I just, I remember sitting on the doctor's table and I was like, I'm done with this. This was like my, uh, I forgot what number surgery it was or some ridiculous number. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm done. And I remember just, I called my mom actually. And I was like, you know, I was like, mom, I'm, I'm done. Diet starts today. And uh, a year, actually a year from that day, I lost 124 pounds. That's crazy. And, um, what yeah, was your, had, what, what was your heaviest? What were you at your heaviest? 352, man. Holy cow. Yeah. 352. I was, dude, I was a, I was what we like to call, I was, I was a little husky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's you know? what you want to call it. Yeah. I was always the, I was always the, the big friend, you know? So right. we were, uh, you know, so anyways, I was actually had moved to Texas and I was teaching, I was coaching at Beaumont Westbrook and it was like the springtime and I had taken over as the offensive coordinator and I was working out at a gym in, in Baytown, Texas. And the guy who owned it was a fitness competitor and he actually owned like this company. And he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, I don't think you could ever do it. I don't think, I don't, I don't know if, I don't think you've got this. I don't think you have the mentality for it. And I, it was like a challenge. I was like, really? I was like, how much time I got? It was like 16 weeks game on bro let's do this yeah so i did it and i'll never do it again because i was it was miserable and right. awful and i like eating and i'm still a fatty and you know but dude it was crazy to get on stage to like fight my insecurities man like every big guy's insecurity is you know they don't want to they don't want to walk around with a shirt off and right you know for me it was like dude like i was overcoming like this fear i've had since i was like nine years old you know the, the fat kid at the pool right and you know and it's it was kind of like one of those things like i'm just trying to i wanted to do something i never thought i would do like dude i ran a half marathon last year just because somebody told me i couldn't i was like right. why, why can't i so you know it's you know and you know man you've lost a bunch of weight yourself too so yeah yeah that but that's i mean that's that's an awesome awesome mentality to have though like you know tell me no i'm gonna prove your ass wrong i mean that's and and i've run a couple of half marathons myself that's a gruel but the fitness thing like the diet i couldn't dude, do that man dude, it was I, awful yeah so i i remember vividly vividly i go through pictures of my phone of about a two-week period before that competition and i don't remember my life right i i'm you know i remember i couldn't even like Fourth of July weekend, like I remember, I couldn't even walk around the park because I was so physically tired because of lack of nutrition. Right. But I was shredded, baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of pictures of being shredded. And don't remember taking any of them. Right. And that's the, and that's the part that people don't understand is that I mean, because you got your what what were at your lowest point? What were you? How many calories a day were you eating? Like were you oh, at like a zero? Like, 
it was like 680 calories, like for like six days straight. Right. And it was, it was awful. It was awful. Dude, those guys, I have more respect for those bodybuilders and stuff than you could ever imagine because dude, that is one of the most, that is one of the most taxing things, bro. I used, I used to watch the food channel. Like it was porn, bro. (laughs) I'm just mouth like drum. Like, Oh my God, this looks so good. You know, but you know, you just kind of, you learn about yourself and you fight those demons, man. And, And it's just like, I can do this. Like I have, I'm going to do something people just can't do. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, it's, I know when you, when you came to speak at the first hog football chat clinic, I think you were just, you had just gotten done. Had you just competed? It was like mid-March. Yeah, probably. Okay. So you, and you were, I mean, you were still telling horror stories and you were just, I think you were just starting to get back to eating normal too, because it was, I mean, that's, that's what people don't realize too, is that like, you can't just go back to your regular eating habits after that. You're going to, get sick i mean that's you've got to kind of build it back up and and so you i think you had just started building back up to eating kind of eating normal well dude and and i'll be honest with you man i I, dude i was (laughs) i was uh you know i was the day so 24 hours after that competition, I gained 21 pounds of water. <laughs> like I looked like I had a water balloon around my stomach. I went right. from having abs and working months to get abs and losing them in literally 24 hours, bro. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you're still, I mean, you're still a fit guy. You still work out a ton. So that's, I mean, I, I'm sure you still kind of have some of those principles that you, you try to keep, but uh, yeah, I couldn't, I don't know if I could do that extreme with that diet. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll transition a little bit onto football now. So, uh, you know, you coach, like I said before, we, you and I first started talking um, when you were coaching in Missouri. And, and actually at the, at the time, you and I were talking about a, a possible job. Um, but then you kind of made the jump and, and, and moved to Texas. What, how was that transition moving to Texas? And how eye-opening is, is football in Texas? I know people understand it, but I want to hear kind of from the horse's mouth. How, what, what, what is that Texas high school football experience like? You know, from an outsider in, man, like, you know, it's one of those things where people don't, you know, people talk about it. You know, there's this myth, there's like this myth or this like, um, or this, you know, like aura about Texas high school football because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, Friday Night Lights and, 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 you know, this town shut down. And, brother, I'm going to be honest with you, man, it, that's real. And, and right. <laughs> like, the one, like, truly the one difference between, the truly the one difference between, Football that every place I've been, as opposed to Texas, is it, it, there's two things. Number one, it's the community and school and financial backing. Um, they take it seriously. They really, truly want they want it to be an important part of the of the community. They want it to be an p- important part of um, you know what the kids are, the culture of the school, and and they spend the money like. We have athletic periods in our, in our school, like in our class. So like, for example, like all my, all my football athletes are in, are in my, you know, fifth period athletics, all my varsity athletes, all, every one of them, you know, and that doesn't happen all around the country. And, you know, it's stuff like, it's stuff like that. It's stuff like, you know, the Texas high school coach association, THSCA is, there's one of the strongest, probably one of the best groups to ever have it as an advocate for coaches because, you know, they make sure coaches are taken care of, that things are done right, that they get paid well, that we have athletic periods. You know, but in the process, you know, 
you know, they don't allow volunteer coaches. You're, you, you have to be on staff as a teacher to coach right. in the state of Texas. And a lot of people don't understand that, you know, and, you know, they just want to jump in and, you know, they just want to jump in and coach in football in Texas. And they're just like, well, you know, I, you know, what do I need to do? I'm not certified. And like, well, first things first, you gotta get certified. Right. You know, but like this year, I'll give you an example. Like this year, I'm in a, I'm in a district right now, Tomball, Texas. It's just Northwest Houston. And it's, it was, it was rural. It was a, uh, about, they said, you know, 15 years ago, it was a two lane highway. It took 40 minutes to get to here from Houston. Now it's 15 minutes and it's a six lane, six lane highway and it's a tollway. And, right. you know, there's two high schools in our school district right now and we're growing exponentially. But, you know, in our first game, we played against each other this year. There were 11,000 people at the game. Right. You know, and it's, you know, that's not uncommon down here. And it's just different, man. And I really appreciate the value they put on athletics, especially football. And being a football coach, man, it's, it's real. And, and, you know, it's just fun. It's fun to be a part of, dude. I, that's all I can say about that. Right. And, and I think, you know, there are, there are some myths that are out there, but I think you, you, you know, you just hit the nail on the head too. Like a lot, I think one of the big myths is that people can go and coach high school football in Texas and make a hundred thousand dollars and never have to teach a class. But, that's just not true. There are some, I'm sure there are some districts and there are some jobs that are like that, but you, you teach, you, you know, I mean, you're in the classroom. I'm sure you've got um, other coaches on staff that are in the classroom. So that's another one of those myths is that you're, you know, you're still a, you're still a teacher, uh, but, yeah, but you get yeah, to, yeah. you know, like you said, there's, you get, you get 15,000 people in the, in the stands. Yeah. There, and there's a few, there, I mean, I mean, there's a few, there's a few like really, really, really big programs that, you know, their, their coordinators don't teach. Um, you know, the head coaches are administrators, you know, they talk about how head coaches don't teach in the state of Texas and, you know, and most at the higher levels, they really don't, but they're also athletic directors, uh, campus coordinators and, you know, right. and they, they, you know, they have to, you know, they got, they have, they have administrative duties and they're on year long contracts. It's not like they have just, they just go coach football. And that's all they do. Right. Uh, you know, but again, it goes back to, you know, your head coach isn't teaching a class and he doesn't have to worry about that, that lesson plan and so on and so forth. But, you know, you know, where I'm at, you know, we teach classes, you know, but it's, right. uh, it, it's cool though. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be putting the time and effort in if you, if you didn't, that's the, that's the beauty part of it. So, yeah. um, all right, coach, last question I've got for you. Um, yeah. and, and this is kind of, this has been a, a, a tough one for some guys, but, uh, I want you to put together sort of your Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen and, and it can be five guys that, you know, it can be guys you've played with, guys you've coached, guys you've played against, or, or just guys you're fans of. But but who's on that five-man Mount Rushmore for you? Uh, just you're talking about, like, five dudes that I want that I would want to play for me or what? Yeah, guys you want to play for you or just guys you just – like, you know, I've had, I've had one guy tell me that he wants the 1990s Dallas Cowboys offensive line. I had one guy pick all his high school teammates. I had – I had one guy pick all Wisconsin Badgers guys. So just five guys that, that you would put up as, as your – these are the guys. Okay, number one, when I look at old linemen, I want dudes that I want to get in a bar fight with, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how I treat – that's how I treat it. And, and um, you know, so number one, I want Concrete Charlie, Chuck McNair playing center for me. There you go. I like it. I love it. You know, crooked finger, knocking out, you know, knocking out Frank Gifford, you know, I'm good, man. That's my dude right there. I, yeah. That's a guy I can, that's a guy I can get behind. Um, Absolutely. Left tackle. Oh, dude. It, to me, got to be Tony Baselli. 
Okay. I'm a, I'm a Vaselli guy, you know, um, I, that's just, you know, that's just the, you know, um, he's just a guy, man. He, I grew up loving that guy. I don't know what it was. I, I don't really have no idea. But, right. You know, I think it was just, he was, cause you and I are about the same age. He was, Oh yeah. He was kind of, you know, it was Anthony Munoz. And then when Tony Baselli came out, it was when people really started to kind of take notice again of, of the finesse offensive lineman. And, and, and he was, yeah. he was like, I mean, he, he was, I can remember watching him, watching him play and, and really being in awe and, I, you know, he's one of those guys that I, I want to go back and kind of watch some of his film again. You know, now that now oh, that you have dude, the, he was yeah, he was so good, man. He, he was so good. Yeah, and, and I just think, you know, I don't know, man. I, I'm a, I was a huge fan, dude. I just remember watching growing up, thinking like I want to be that that dude right there. Yeah. You know, um, you know. Okay, so next, I would say, you know, I next one because I, pl- I was in camp and I know the guy and I just remember how much I respect him was it's gotta be Willie Rove, dude. Okay. Willie Rove was one of the nastiest unpleasant sons of guns on a football field, <laughs> but off the field, one of the nicest dudes you've ever met in your life. But I mean, I just remember watching this dude take one hand inside punches, the defensive ends and just de them in practice. Like, yeah. how are you so amazing? You know, like, <laughs> Like, how are you so – like, and he walked around like an old man. But, dude, when he got in a stance and just got out, it was like watching lightning in a bottle, you know? Right. They used to call him nasty, man. I just remember that. And I remember how good he was. So, you know, it, it's just the way it is. Yeah. I would say another one, the kind of one that's off the beaten path, because I'm an Eagles fan, is got to be Jonathan Runyon, dude. Oh, no, nice. yeah, good pick. Six, seven, 300 and some pounds, dude. But I remember, dude, I remember, remember I, my last year playing college ball, he played right tackle for the Eagles. And Sports Illustrated called him the dirtiest player in the NFL. Yeah. And to me, man, like, that's just – I just – that's a lot. Dude, there's respect in that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. You know, and that, to me, that's that's a huge deal. I, I'm a huge Runyon fan, and I just – yeah, I don't know. And, and so, you know, I just think – you know, I always go back and look at that, and I think guys like that. And the other one, man, is Conrad Dobler. Do you, oh, you, you got – oh, nice. Do you know who Conrad Dobler is? Yeah, of course I do. I, I am a I am a NFL history junkie. So like Conrad Dobler and, and Dan Deardorff were were Oh Dan They Deardorf. were like oil and vinegar, but those two were some of the best offensive linemen in the in the seventies for sure. Dude, Dob, dude, I remember watching NFL films with Chris Sable talking about Dobler when I was in high school. Yeah. And how he would like literally just just as these pancaking dudes just start punching them in the face. Yes. And I'm like, like you're just an OG. Like you're an OG. Oh, yeah. And back in the day, you know, when you had to hold your own jersey to block people, you couldn't use your hands. Like, that's respect, man. That's yeah. respect. You know, and those are the guys, man. But like Guys like him and Concrete Charlie, you know, it, it, dude, those are just dudes. And those are five dudes that I think I could walk into a bar with and, dude, we would just wreck shop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah. Those, those, are, those are not only great players and, and athletic and, and can do everything, but those are some guys that are going to get down after it and get, you know, yeah, punch, punch you in the yeah. face, like you said, and kind of pancake you to the ground and give you the business when you're down there, too. 100%, bro. Couldn't agree yeah. anymore, man. Yeah. Couldn't agree anymore. Well, Coach, we're going to get out of here. Um, do me a favor. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit, uh, uh, you know, kind of your platform here. You know, drop your Twitter handle um, and then kind of tell these people about um, about your YouTube channel as well because I, I think 
we talked about this off off air real quick, but but you know you're you're getting so much great content out there, and and um, so drop your Twitter handle uh, and let let people know kind of about your uh, your page. Yeah, and so like my Twitter is uh, at Coach Caduti, and Caduti is C O D U T T I. Um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, it kind of goes back into you know I started Twitter like a decade ago, man, and about how I. You know, I just want to reach kids. It was a way for me to group message kids mm-hmm. and before, you know, group messaging was a thing and all the crap they have now. But, and somehow it turned in, I've got like 13 or 14,000 followers because I just, you know, I don't, I don't use it as a way to, uh, for, to force my opinion. I just use it as a way to connect to coaches and right. to, um, to meet people and to, you know, and to actually, I'd be honest with you, I just, dude, I just really enjoy the, the people I've met. I've met great people on there. And Absolutely. You know, so my YouTube channel started about a year ago, man, and I really just wanted to, uh, you know, people kept asking questions about, you know, because I'm a, I'm a wide zone guy, duo guy, I'm a little different, you know, run and shoot guy, and, you know, people ask me, how how do you block that? What would you do here? So I just started putting up videos and breaking down film, because I got bored. I'm a film junkie. Like, I don't have a hobby. Like, my hobby is watching football. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, that's what I do. Like, I don't, I don't build, build cabinets, and I, I don't hunt, really, and I'm fishing, I'm too ADHD, and you know, so I work out and I watch film. Like I, I love breaking down film. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to throw this up here on Twitter or on, on, on YouTube. In fact, Ron Mackey's the one that kind of started me on it. Cause Ron, dude, Ron's all over it. And, um, I started breaking stuff down and dude, I started, people started watching and they started subscribing. And so, and I'm really lucky, man. I have a, I have a huge library of film and clinics and all kinds of stuff that, you know, a lot of coaches really don't have access to. I remember when I was young, dude, I didn't have access to any of that. So I wish, I wish people had shown me the stuff that, you know, I really, that I wanted to know. And there were, there were, you know, resources. So basically I just made my YouTube a resource for coaches. Like I threw up all 22 film from college, from the NFL. Um, you know, I thought clinic films that, you know, I have gotten myself in trouble about because, you know, <laughs> University of Alabama told me I need to back off. Um, wow. Oh, dude, I got a cease and desist, man. Like, no joke. And so I had to take some things <laughs> off. But but I just want coaches to have an opportunity. Like, I'm not – dude, I don't ask you guys for any money, anything like that. I just – honestly, man, I'm just trying to throw out stuff and resources for coaches, you know. And I just – and if you guys want something, just send me something on Twitter or send me something on YouTube. And I'll do, I'll, if I can find it, I'll throw it up there for you guys to watch. And, and whatever you guys do from there, it's up to you. But, you know, I'm, just, I'm here for you guys, man. I, I was this. I'm doing something I wish people had done for me when I was a kid. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Great, great resource guys. I, I highly recommend checking out his, his YouTube channel. So, um, well, coach, I appreciate you coming on, man, and talking with me. Uh, this was fun. Um, you know, I wish you guys the, the best of best of luck this upcoming season and hopefully you guys at home stay healthy and, and stay safe. Absolutely, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks again for everyone listening and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of hog football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support. And be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast.